you know, there was a particular day last year where it was similar to that. Me and Yamil were there and we just went, right, we're just going to put on the biggest sunrays we can find. Like these things were like three, four inch sunrays and we absolutely, like, you couldn't trip fast enough. And I told one of the lads to put it on, four cats later he was into a fish. We ended up with, I think, eight fish between the three of us, all on sunrise. And the lads were, and everyone else was saying, no, you won't get fish today. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. This week we're focusing on salmon and speak to two anglers who travel around Ireland and the world in pursuit of their favourite fish. Johnny Casey and Yamil Turkman not only catch salmon regularly but are also willing to try new methods to do so and will be revealing some of the secrets of their success on the show. That's still to come but first, Tom, the Orkneys, how was it? Dara, it was fantastic. It was beyond my expectations. It just really was a fantastic week's fishing. One ticked off the bucket list, finally, uh, but just had some great fishing in a wonderful place uh, with wonderful fish. And it was just really good. Um, done a few things from it. So hopefully uh, we might do an episode on us and go more. Did you get actually, because I know you brought the, rec- the, the microphones as up. Did you manage to get a few interviews or some recordings? Yeah, I got to chat to a couple of the lads up there. Uh, it was really interesting because um, we had, like, it was a real busman's holiday for me. We actually had gillies. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was great. One of them was Stormin Norman, Norman Irvine. Anybody who's ever read Stan Headley. Um, Norman features a lot because when Stan Headley was on the Orkneys, he fished with Norman all the time. And oh, Norman, okay. Norman was phenomenal, a phenomenal angler. Um, invented a lot of flies, invented the half hog. Uh, really, really good angler. Uh, fantastic Gilly um, with Stu Leslie and with Ken Kennedy as well uh, but the whole thing was absolutely fantastic a wonderful place I'm uh, really looking forward to talking about it yeah it sounds like um, Busman's Holiday like you said but just something like like you were saying like just constantly in action the whole time was it like just... yeah it was it was unreal like we'll talk about it later there was one morning there where on the first drift we boated seven fish lost three of them playing playing them and bent into a few more. Then we did a drift, a drift after that. And on that drift, we caught one fish and rose two. <laughs> and we turned to one another and said, God, that was awful quiet. <laughs> you know? You're getting uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just action all the time. It was just really, really good. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, I can't wait to hear this. That's going to be a forthcoming episode for people. It'll be a bucket list, bucket list episode, so um, be well worth listening out for. Um, I can't wait for that. And in the meantime, we're going to be hearing from um, Yamil and Johnny on the salmon um, fishing. I have to say, I think talking to their two 32-year-olds, really interesting. Yamil's from Argentina. Johnny's from, a kind of like he said, no fishing in his family. He's from um, Clare. Really interesting to hear how these two young guys just... They approached it with just such positive passion and then also but just real kind of nearly like a clean slate like isn't it like oh it's, it's fantastic and really fantastic to see the way they've gone about it and we can sort of see how they've come at it because they haven't come from conventional salmon fishing backgrounds and how they've used that but and that really comes across in how they're successful in other methods but one thing the guy said and Yamil actually says it you know it's they want a sense of fun, they, you know, and, and the sense of fun and their enjoyment from it, along with their passion. But the sense of fun was fantastic, and you know, you could get it there when they try something different. You know, when it works them, how fantastic that is. You know, I, I think it was, it was just brilliant talking to them. 
Absolutely. It was, do you know what? It was a breath of fresh air, and it yeah, kind of actually yeah. listened listen to them talk. Actually, reminded me a bit. I was thinking of Darren Maguire. Yeah, yeah. It's just just the pure enjoyment yeah. they got from it. Like, um, and it was just. I think it was near the end. I think Johnny saying about uh, when we go uh, blanking, as as they call yeah. it, not fishing. We go blanking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's great chat to them because they are prepared to put up with the blanks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And but they will try and try different things, and mm-hmm. it's it's when they reap the rewards from that. Yeah. Uh, just, and it's 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 actually working for them. That's the whole yeah. point. Like you know, yeah. you'll hear a story from Johnny talking about you know, I think it was it the, the, the water was coloured and high and you know, yeah. and, and then he just put, said he just he actually says do the opposite of whever else is doing. And, and it worked. And it works like so. Yeah. It's uh, no, it's, it's it's a really, I really enjoyed it, and I, I want to catch up with them again because like oh, I said, definitely, it's like a definitely. breath of fre- breath of fresh air chatting to them, and they're young guys into it. So it's, you know, if it, if all if more salmon anglers could be like them, um, I tell you, we'd be in a, in a healthy state. And not like us old farts. <laughs> well, like I can say, speak for yourself, so you know. <laughs> young at heart, young at heart. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, we'll get back to the salmon now with Johnny and Yamil. And I first asked Johnny to tell us actually about their recent trip to the Gaula in Norway. In one word, uh, what was it like? Vast, I suppose, is a, is a good way to describe it. Yeah, flying in, guys, here, flying in on kind of prop planes into into Trondheim and it's just as far as the eye can see is just wilderness and lakes and rivers and you're just going like oh my god <laughs> there's just so many places to fish and obviously the Gaula is known for its its bigger fish um it's not quite known as a numbers river but the, the fish that they have in it are, are really really big so we were about 30 minutes um about yeah about 30 minutes 30k upstream from Trondheim which is where the fjord comes in and there's another very famous river called the Orkla and that comes in off the same fjord so the Gaula and the Orkla are, are quite quite close together. Yamil did it live up to expectations and so like Johnny said there you know it's not a not necessarily a numbers game the big fish how did you just get on? So for me I mean for everybody in the trip it was our first time fishing uh, a big river uh, trying to get that big fish you know that we we all dream of um so first thing I think for everybody in the in the trip, it was just getting used to the, the 15 footers, the 10 weight rods. Uh, this is something that we don't use much in Ireland, or at least I don't use that kind of gear. So it took me a day or even even two days, I'll say, to get used to the lines, to get used to the rods, even though I practiced a bit before the trip. Um the river was in low water when we got there, so we were expecting to have probably a bit more water given the fact that it was it was the fourth week of the season and normally you know you you get based on what we talked to to anglers who fished it for many years before you know the third and the fourth week in june it's usually it's usually the best time to fish it so yeah we had very low low water conditions so we had to adjust uh try to try to change tactics uh you know fish floating lines longer leaders small flies uh, we saw plenty of fish, but uh, we were just unlucky with the conditions. Just the river got the water and started to basically fish well by the time we, we were leaving. So, again, that happens when you go to a place for the first time. You know, it's it's all about learning, uh, getting to know the place, getting to know the river. So my expectations were met in a way, uh, but we didn't get the fish, you know, so 
we'll have to come back. Should, should have been there next week. Yeah, exactly. It's always like that. <laughs> if you want a good summary of salmon fishing, um, so we hammered the place for four days, right? We saw some some dolphins, like 30, 40 pound fish, like literally like dolphins, like they come up through the through the water like this. And that's when the locals tell you they're running fish, they're just head down and, and you're not, you have a very, very small chance of catching them. But the very last minute of the very last day, um, me and Connor, one of the lads that was there with us, uh, had fished down this pool and a guy from Finland uh, just arrived by himself and his wife told him, right, you have a couple of hours to go fishing. So, you know, off you go. So he jumped in behind me, and I mean literally 10 metres behind me, right? And I covered this pool for the whole week. And... <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> no, keep Fins going anyway, down. Johnny. Keep going. I turned around to Connor and I went, right, I'm done, I'm out of here. I didn't even fish the pool down fully for this last time. And literally, as I turned around to Connor, I went like this, you know, to make a signal, like, let's quit. Your man just looks at me and goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, you're... <laughs> Like you, you, you have to be kidding me. And yeah, I hooked like 17, 18 pounds, just like hauled it onto the beach. And I was just like, I was literally like, we had cast fly after fly after fly, same color, same size at the exact spot that he was fishing two minutes earlier. And there you go. So that's, that's salmon fishing to a tee. That's yeah, that is my experience of salmon fishing. That happens to me in Ireland as well. <laughs> like, the same fly, you're doing everything exact and then the fly, sorry, excuse me, exactly. bastard behind you. It's like, oh my God. Um but like even just standing there in the river seeing those thirty, forty pounders must have been just Yeah. Your heart must have been in your They're phenomenal. Like. They're they're phenomenal fish. There was we were on the opposite bank one of the days and one of them broke the water in front of me and I nearly fell into the river. I'd such like I got such a fright because it's like it's a different noise. When you hear like a 40 pound fish slapping the water or tail slapping in the water, it's like not like you know, it's not like grills jumping about a pool. It's like it's like a human body like jumping into a river, you know. It's yeah, they're they're phenomenal to see. I can only imagine what it's like, uh actually trying to play one on a, on a rod but that just pretty much from what we heard they they just turn around and go right i'm i'm off i'm off back to sea and you just have to sit there and, and try and play pretty much a 40 pound fish can play you know play it up to an hour an hour and a half trying to land it my god my god and yamil has it given you that taste of like i need to come back here i have a hundred percent darren a hundred percent like we were even talking to the people from the the cabins the lodge that we were staying or trying to book something for next year already because you know especially when you have to leave by the time the river it's it's in perfect conditions it's like i need to come back but yeah the idea is to come back next june hopefully with a with a better better luck and better conditions but uh yeah there's there's great potential and got a great chance of having that, you know, fish of a lifetime there. Um, because we've seen them. They were just not taken, but we've seen them. <laughs> well, I tell you what, maybe we'll bring it back to Ireland then. Um, and just in terms of, I, so tell us, um, yeah, maybe just give, maybe just give us your own background and your own involvement with salmon. Of course, just, just to give a little bit of background information. So I'm, I'm from Argentina. Uh, I moved to the U.S. when I was 15 years old, and I ended up in Ireland because of work uh, with my wife. She's Spanish, uh, and I moved to Spain in, last week. So I've been moving quite a lot in the past few years. And when it comes to fishing, I learned how to fly fish when I was around eight or ten, eight or nine, ten years old. My grandfather taught me how to tie flies, 
uh, do a bit of fly fishing back home in Argentina as well. So I always had that passion about fly fishing. Um, while I was living in, in the U.S., in Florida, I did it for like sea fishing, tarpon, permit. Um, and then when I moved to Ireland, I discovered a great playground, um, plenty of options, plenty of lakes, plenty of rivers. So I'm actually going to miss that now in Spain. But yeah, that's basically my background uh, in, in fishing. Where in Argentina? Yeah. So I was born in Mendoza, which is the wine country area, similar enough to the Napa Valley area in the U.S. So that's that's there in Mendoza. Uh, is it kind of like rivers? Is that the kind of fly fishing? So most of the rivers we have there, they're mountain rivers. So you only get to fish them late in the season because early in the season, they're too colored and high water. So you have rainbow trout, brook trout, uh, and you also have uh, brown trout. We don't have any, any salmon in that part of the country. The sea trout fishing and the salmon fishing, it's down in, in Patagonia, down in the probably southernmost part of the country. Yeah, because that's the thing. People here, you know, fly fishing Argentina. They think it think of Patagonia and and those and the, the kind of the monster fish down there. Is it common uh, up around Mendoza fly fishing, or was it quite unusual? No, it's it. There is actually a big community. There is a a big um, school actually uh, who basically brings a lot of people together and they teach people how to cast, how to basically um, tie flies, a lot of knowledge about entomology. So it's it, there's a big community about fly like around fly fishing in general in that part of the country. Wow, fascinating! Absolutely fascinating. Um, and tell us then, when you got to Ireland, then was it kind of salmon that kind of because it was so well, new, so different? Or? I'll I'll tell you the story how everything started. So I contact back then that was in 20, 2018. I contact uh, Connor Arnold because I never picked up a double hander in my life before. I, I always fish with a single-hander. So I contacted Connor Arnold. Um, he's based in, in Cork, Cork, Waterford. Um, so I went down to basically get the basics, learn how to cast the double-hander. And as we were practicing, he said, like, just take a break. And, and you know, uh, if you want to get your nymphing rod or single-hander, um, just to have a break. And while I was taking that break, I hooked the fish on a two-weight. <laughs> and he was like, all right. Uh, we need to go back to the double hunter to see if we can get the fish on the on the actual <laughs> double hunter. But that was that was very very interesting. And and since then, it just took from there. I was basically hooked into salmon fishing. And Johnny, give us your own. Um, I suppose I don't have quite the the story. Yeah, not yet. as not as exotic. No, not as exotic <laughs> as as Yamil. Um, I'm from the west of Clare here. Uh, here, guys. So. Um, I have absolutely no history of fly fishing or fishing in my family at all. Um, so we kind of grew up sea fishing here for pollock, mackerel, all the usual spots. And I kind of got like quite into bass fishing when I was younger, but mainly all on the lure. And as we were in, you know, you'd be in the estuary looking around, you'd see all these fish rising. And I was always like, I'm going to get them someday. I'm going to get them someday. And I remember one day out of nowhere, I was in the tackle shop and I just said to hell with it and, and bought a fly rod. And uh, yeah, pretty much just started from there. Probably, yeah, 10, 12, 13 years ago on them now, maybe. And yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, we didn't have any schools around here to teach people to fly fish. So it was that. Uh, <laughs> you have to go to Mendoza for that. Um, yeah, pretty much all, all self taught. So kind of started from the very, very bottom and just slowly and surely made my way up through 
kind of bass, sea bass, fishing, sea fishing to trout. Um, we have the River Fergus. It was once quite a famous salmon fishery. Uh, it actually goes through our farm and it's got a great, still has a great healthy stock of brown trout. And uh, yeah, I still remember the first few fish I got in the dry fly or the first one I got in the nymph and that sort of stuff. So not as, uh, not as, not as cool as Yamil's story, but yeah, pretty much it brought me down to, to salmon fishing. And I suppose Yamil brought me to salmon fishing more than anything else. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Just tell the story about how we met and the first time we went fishing. I think it's it's priceless. <laughs> okay, so we were uh, we were at um we were at an event, guys. It was um a screening of artificial. It was a, a an event Patagonia ran a few years ago in Dublin about the you know the wild fish and the fish farm industry and and that and uh, we basically I, I go into it in a bit more detail later on, but I come from an area where unfortunately salmon stocks have collapsed. So I decided I said, look, I'm I was based in Dublin for a few years and I met Yamil at this event. So we went to a place there. I know you've been there a few times. Uh, I said to Yamil, come on, look, we were chatting after it. So I'll bring him to the daughter. And uh, so we went to the daughter below Ashton's and uh, Yamil hooked this absolute pig of a fish uh, at the falls there in Ashton's, like a big, big, big fish. And uh, I was like, right, well, here we go. I think I fished the daughter for like a year and I, I didn't even know there was fish that big in it, to be honest. <laughs> But yeah, look, um, that's where we kind of met. And from there, yeah, we just kind of picked up the, yeah, I mean, kind of was, was like, he's a, he's a good man for contacts and contacting people. And we just kind of started the salmon fishing from there, really. That's amazing. Tell me, Johnny, when you bought your fly rod, you just went back out to the sea. Pretty much, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> when it, and, and just had at it. And come here. How did that go for you, first off? Um, I, I like, you know, and you're like, you're literally like, how does this even work? You know, because you're so used to casting a spinner for so many years. And you're just like, just kind of flailing around the place with it, you know. And yeah, slowly but surely, Tom, we're, we're quite lucky. We've, we have a very good stock of sea trout in the estuary here in, in La Hinch. And we also have slab trout, you know, the, tra the trout that kind of, they, they stay in brackish water most of their lives. And they're very free rising and they, they will take anything. You could put a piece of tinsel on a hook and they'll take it. So, yeah, I remember it was a nine... nine Nine foot six, seven weight witchwood, and I think I fished it for two years. Solid, didn't fish, used it for everything, you know, for for lakes, for sea fishing, for salmon fishing, for everything. It, it broke unfortunately a few years ago, but um, but yeah, just pretty much. I'm just just I'd like I've been to one casting lesson in my whole life, and I could say myself at this stage, I, I would consider like myself a pretty decent caster at this stage. But again, just we're lucky now. We live in the days of of YouTube, so. YouTube was my was my bible. I I poured over everything, anything that could be found on YouTube about fly fishing in Ireland. Uh, I probably watched it. And both of you are young. Like what age is? I'm 32. Same as. So growing whippersnappers. up, whippers. Whippersnappers. <laughs> we sound like old farts here, so. <laughs> That's because we are Dara. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, but Johnny, like growing up, did your friends fish? fly fish because no, like for no, me growing up, they, they all think yeah. i'm absolutely mad they just don't yeah. understand the concept of this whatsoever i remember like they you know you'd be missing lights out or whatever to get up and go fishing and they're just like remember they'd say you're just standing in a river all day by yourself and i'm like yeah and they're like and you're happy to do that and i was like yeah that's exactly you know this I, is I, exact I, conversation I to a t so yeah i the only friends that like of that i've met through like that fish are people i've met through fly fishing like no, none of the rest of my friends fly fish. A couple of the guys would throw a few feathers on, go for mackerel and pollock, you know, every year, once or twice. But that's about the extent of it. 
But when, when you were at it in Mendoza in the school, was there, like, did you have friends who fly fished your age? Uh, not really. It's funny because <laughs> I, I started going to a fly shop that they were having some kind of like a workshop on Saturdays. And the average age, I would say, was 45. Uh, and oh, I was agent. like... Yeah, still whippersnappers, like, Dara. <laughs> but I was, I was only ten or eleven years old, and I was there on a Saturday casting. I remember an eight-way rod just because it was stiff enough that I could just basically um, cast the line. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it wasn't very usual to see you know young people with a fly rod. I think we should start like a special club, you know, like a AA type, you know, Fly Anglers Anonymous. Like if you're, well, if you're under the age of 35, like her. My name's Johnny, I'm a fly fisher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of that. Um, but tell us, um, so, you know, you've obviously done lots of different types of fishing. And I, I, Tom, I think you might be interested in this as well, because you're a brown trout man, you know, and can understand that you're on the, the lake, the, the shores of Carob. Um, you guys have had the chance to fish all different types of fish, myself as well. What is it about the salmon that you found yourself gravitating towards as the fish to go after? Because, again, you have to be nuts, I think, to go after salmon, especially in Ireland like these days, you know. Um, what was it uh, to tell us? For my, In my case, it was pretty much the same. Uh, I was a trout angler until I hooked my first, uh, my first salmon. Uh, and one thing that I that I really enjoy while well, salmon fishing, it's basically I was trying to get them the same way I was getting trout, especially with nymphs. I I spent a bit of time in Spain where they're big into nymphing, you know, and they actually do a lot of nymphing for salmon. And I learned within a couple of months, I learned a few things that when I moved to Ireland, I was like, I want to try this in, in Ireland because maybe, you know, People are not trying it or maybe they're not doing it. And I wouldn't say it was successful, but at least I was getting fish in places or times when the water was too low or places where people wouldn't wouldn't even have a cast. So that got me thinking that, you know, well, the trout techniques, if a way they could work for, for salmon as well. So didn't like even the fact that I didn't know much about salmon fishing, I just went that way. So my my friends, we have a nice group of friends. They were always making fun of me in a way that I was going with my two weight or four weight rod in places where they could be a salmon, you know, in the pool. And I I wanted that challenge. I, I really wanted to to try to get a fish on on light gear. So yeah. So it's kind of interesting though that you came from kind of to Ireland. You didn't have any kind of you know preconceptions. You yeah, know, exactly. You, which was kind of like refreshing as well. You you weren't brought up or oh this is the way you do it and this is the way we've always done it like and that probably helped in many respects like well i, I found that most of the salmon fishing community uh in in ireland it's it's very traditional so it's it's down and across same flies same kind of patterns which is great because it works but at the same time i think some anglers especially older uh generations are a bit reluctant to change or try different things um, and for me, like I'm the type of angler that if I get a fish on a fly, I'll change that fly right away to see if I can get another fish in a different fly, which it's the opposite to, to, to many anglers that I've met in the riverbank, uh, that they're like, they basically stick to what works and that's it. So I don't know. It's, I enjoy the more trying to get a fish with a different technique rather than get maybe two or three fish with the same fly. 
don't know. It, yeah. it sounds yeah. dumb, but I enjoy it more. <laughs> no, but it's, it's trying to think outside the box and th- think approach the the problem in in a different way, I suppose. Um, and we might delve into that in in a little bit. The kind of different techniques and different ways of approaching. Tell us, Johnny, just in terms of for yourself. Well, I suppose what one line there: the tug is the drug. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, um, look, as I, you know, we were speaking there. Like we've we've got some really good brown trout fishing here in Clare in certain spots. You know, we're we're, we're targeting them at the moment with streamers and that. And there's some we're getting some pretty chunky, like up to seven, eight pound fish sight fishing for them, and that's amazing. But there's just something like I was out on Sunday, Sunday just gone, and I was in a pool, and I knew. I knew there was fish in the pool. I couldn't see them, but I just, I just like, we have a friend that swears he can smell salmon in the pool, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, I just knew, I knew in a particular spot that there's there's going to be a fish in the pool. And yeah, I suppose going back to, to Yamil there, uh, Darren, Tom, like Yamil has really like almost semi, like not, re- not quite revolutionized, but changed a lot of people's, thoughts on how you can catch salmon in Ireland I know people are looking at stuff that he's caught them on and we, we'll talk about that later but I had his mind and I had his voice in the back of my head going okay if, if this was Yamil what would you do here so people had fished the pool all day and no one had had a touch so everyone was saying oh you know the water's coloured you need like a big you know orange fly or something big you know size 10 size 8 you know get it down so I did the complete opposite I found the smallest fly I could in my fly box tiny tiny size 16 wheelie gun with literally a couple of strands on it and um, put that on and I think forecast down the pool I was into uh, like almost 9 pound fish you know and I could see the lads were like how how did you you know what I mean like they covered the fish and covered the fish so yeah just that that's it for me it, it's it's the thrill of trying to catch a fish that doesn't feed in fresh water no one knows why you know salmon take flies no one knows why they do it it's it's you know these incredible fish that leave you know as as fry leave as most you know feed off the coast of greenland for a year or two come back to their native their native spawning rivers and we have a chance to catch them so yeah it's just it is the most addicting feeling like you can cast and cast and cast and they're what are they known as the fish of ten thousand casts but you just have to remember you will eventually get one there'll be a time will come where you hit a pool that no one else has fished or for whatever reason a fish will look at a fly and go, right, I'm having that. And just that feeling of, of you know, swinging a fly or stripping a fly and then just bang and you're right, here we go. It's it's very hard to encapsulate that for any form of fish and for me anyway. Well, we had a guy, um, Roy Pierce, he was on the show with us before and he used to always say, because um, Roy, like myself, is a trout fisherman, but he used to say, you've sold your soul for salmon. <laughs> and because you get that exactly, with, trout, exactly. with trout fishermen and they would suddenly start salmon fishing and you'd never see them again <laughs> that was it they don't was tell really you about the blanks though Tom what? <laughs> they don't tell you about the blanks and the no, but you know there's never, there's never any there's never any blanks trout fishing you know never yeah. never yeah. it's really interesting chat the both of you and we will get on to this but both of you have come from non-conventional fishing background definitely definitely you, definitely you have your mill and you yourself johnny like starting off fly fishing as you, a blank slate i'd no yeah. one to teach me or no one to show and them that's what to it. Do, so it's just you know self-thought and like if you'd have gone to people with these ideas before you tried them they would have said not ah, lads, years. Ah, yeah. lads 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 yeah but you see you've gone and tried them but it's great you know it's, yeah fantastic tom it's a bit like the uh 
the boobies or the woolly buggers or the you know what you were saying about in terms of the tactics on the yeah. um, on the carb like you know what I mean? Yeah, um, like you tell people you catch on carb now on a on a booby, and they just go <laughs> no, no, it's not right, it's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. And well, to you, you're next, you're next you, drift now, right? Late late in the season, right? When you see when you're on a drift and you're on a you're on a feeding line, right? I'm telling you, get the biggest articulated streamer you can from Keith, right? And just chuck it down that line and pull it and just, just see what happens, you know? It's like serving steak to people who are eating kind of like chicken nuggets for, for weeks on end, you know? Do you know what? I will. Dude, seriously, like that's, you know, yeah. we get into that, you know, just try something completely different, you know? I'm a firm believer on a kill's kill. If yeah. something's working, yeah, and, and it's fly fishing. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But, but Johnny, what you were saying there about like it's also about having the balls to kind of say, do you know what, I'm going to do something completely different. Mm. Do the opposite of what everyone's doing. If people are fishing the same flies that are on at the same depth, if people are fishing, you know, with a, with a, with a fast sinking line all day, and they're, they're telling you, oh no, the fish are down, the fish are down, and they're all fishing size ten, you know, or size ten doubles or tubes or whatever, go and get a floating line and put on a micro travel and go through the pool and see what happens. And we've done it, like we've done this, at, you know, quite a few times in the Moy as well, where people have fished pools and, you know, they're at, no, the fish are there, but they're not taken. And then, you know, there was a particular day last year where it was similar to that. Me and Yamil were there and we just went, right, we're just going to put on the biggest sunrays we can find. Like these things were like, you know, like three inch, three, four inch sunrays. And we absolutely, like, you couldn't strip fast enough. And I told one of the lads to put it on. Four casts later, he was into a fish. We ended up with, I think, eight fish between the three of us, all on sunrise. And the lads were, and everyone else was saying, no, you won't get fish today. Oh, but it's amazing. It's using, But I, I, back to what you were saying earlier on, yeah, well, it's really funny, you know, when you went and everybody was doing the double-handed and you could take a break and you went off and caught a fish in a 2-8. Was it nymphing, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, so you uh, went on, was... and, and it was sort of okay. That's it. Now, now we have to go back and try and catch a <laughs> double hunter. Exactly. Stop, <laughs> stop playing around there. Let's yeah, go back yeah. fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, hold stop. on, you know, maybe I'm onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> stop stressing the fish uh, now. Yeah. But look, the, pur- the purpose of that trip, to be honest, it was to basically learn how to cast. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going back to the double hunter. But yeah, like uh, Connor was like, "All right, let's let's just go back and get the double hander, put the same name, and try to cover that fish again." But uh, yeah, it's I think it's it's great to have you know the the resources and the tools to do it. And just before before we jump into the into the next question, next question, something that I wanted to mention uh, during my my five years in Ireland so far, I tried to basically build a group with uh, most of the the anglers are very young young people but we also have uh, older anglers in the group and it's all about fun because at the end of the day we blank more than enough more than anything <laughs> so my idea was to try to basically get to know as many people as as much as people uh, as i could and try to build that a small community of anglers who basically enjoy the day out rather than competing against each other or you know be a bit secret, uh, secretive about fly fishing or flies, which you also encounter people like that. So, yeah, I just no, wanted to, no, to mention no. that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the boat anglers, Emma, don't worry. Yeah, it's just boat anglers. It's just, only boat, it doesn't happen in any other type of fishing channel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, tell us this, lads. I'm actually inter- how often would you be out salmon fishing? Well, I'll be out at least three to four days a week. Uh, if it's during the week, I'll try to go, um, you know, to the daughter or the Tolka or whatever it's close to Dublin and or even the Slaney. And then during the weekend, I wouldn't mind driving up to the Omar for a day trip or which we've done it quite a few times. Um, so I try to fish as much as I can just because I don't have kids yet. So I'm, I'm taking the chance now that I have it. Yeah. Make the most of it while you can. Yeah. We keep saying this is our last year of freedom because, yeah, I think it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the excuse for using nowadays, anyway. Yeah. And what about yourself, Johnny? Um, yeah, like I would, similar enough to Yamil there, I suppose, um, living in the west of Ireland here, um, I wouldn't get out maybe salmon fishing as much as, as Yamil would. And the closest river to me is the field. It's where I'm, it's, I call it my adopted home river. Um, and it's fine. I can get a, the ferries about 40 minutes from here and it's only about 15 minutes then from the from the ferry. So it's, you can get there in an hour. Um, but the only problem is with the field, it's, it's heavily water dependent, um, heavily water dependent, as are most of the state rivers here. So you're really waiting for conditions. And then the problem becomes when the conditions are there, you have to drop everything and go. Um, so, yeah, look, I, as much as I can over the last few years, um, as Yamin said there, we try and we try and do so. We like we learned again. This is all learning. We learned to fish the conditions. It's 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 something that you know. It's a great piece of advice for anyone listening to this. You know, we we'll, we can talk about tactics and that now in a minute. Um, but try and fish the conditions as much as you can. You know, try and fish on a on a on a dropping river that's dropping after a flood as much as you can. You can also get them in low water, but. Yeah, look, I try and get out, look, if I can, once a week, once a week. But you'll definitely increase your chances more if you only have that once a week. Try and ping it, you know, to fish on the, on the right conditions. And, and that's what I did want to ask you. Like, so are you guys, you're not booking beats in advance. Are you literally going, no. like, I want to go fishing Sunday. I'll check it out on Friday, maybe what conditions are. Jesus, the drowse is looking good. I'm going to head. Is it literally you, that? Like you're you doing? become like kind of mini meteorologists in in one sense. <laughs> like you know, like you you you, you become like you, you know how you, you know by looking outside. You're going, oh yeah, no, that rain. You know that rain won't rise a certain place. But what Yamin said there earlier, guys, is 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 key as well. Like we're luckily enough, Yamin's like uh, the perfect salesman. He built up like a network of contacts all throughout the country. That luckily enough, you can text and be like, guys, is it raining there? You know, it like what's it looking like? You know, so and vice versa. If there's, if I know that the conditions might be good down this side of the country, I let the lads know as well. So we would have had to start our book days and kind of gone down and like you know, we we had a week last year on the own duff where we booked it for the week in uh, in Cheon Lodge and uh, we arrived and the river was literally unfishable for the week. You know, so we we learned like and look that happens. But if you catch those rivers right, you know, you could have the best week of your life. So. There's a bit of both. There's still we, we kind of do like a couple of trips up to the ridge every year where we generally around the same week. We've been quite lucky the last few years. We've had very good conditions. Um, but yeah, just again, mainly fishing to the conditions at the moment. And Yamil, is there any favourites that you find yourselves kind of gravitating towards, you know, or you just don't care wherever the fish are? I, I know what he's going to say here anyway. <laughs> well, to to be honest, uh, in the last few seasons, uh, I I've been a, like I I was able to join a syndicate on the um, on the Slaney, so the Slaney has been has been very very good to me in the last in the last couple of seasons. This season hasn't been great, not not many fish, 
but it's it's a great river to fish and then it's a bit further away from Dublin but the Omore it's it's the river that I that I probably will pick it's it's a great river it has something like it whenever you fish it or whenever you go around the river I I don't think it happens to everybody but at least it happens to me it's a special place uh even if you blank it's it's a great place to be around walking around all the anglers that you meet as, uh there as well so those are probably going to be the two the two favorite rivers for me and Johnny similar enough yeah the own more guys um I just love love going up there uh you can break you, we were actually we were in Carmore with Brian at the at the start of the season after after his expose on the <laughs> on the area and, and funnily enough you're gonna love this I think they've had the worst year in about thirty years since <laughs> so you can only imagine how uh, how that went down there. But yeah the own more is incredible guys just that drive into Bangor is uh is something else you know it's 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 a special place and then yeah for me as well then the field guys the field has been um quite good to me in the last few years as a spring fishery. Um, it's really, really nice, and some again, some pretty cool, pretty cool people down there as well. So, yeah, the feel and the own more are probably, probably two of my favorites. We we tried a few more sp- our places this year. We were in Delphi and a and a few spots. We were actually there with one of your friends, Tom uh, John Somerville. Oh, John Junior, yeah. So John That's had him. us out. Yeah. The, John had us out in the boat uh, chasing salmon around the lake for the day, which was great crack. But uh, yeah, no, look, like Ireland in general, guys. Like I don't think people appreciate, and it's been said in a few shows you've done, but like you know the the quality of the fishing that we have in this country and this is coming from you know seeing you know being in a few places and around the world and like the quality and the affordability of the fishing we have here is huge as well you know the prices some of the prices you look at in the uk like it's it's ridiculous pricing you know to go salmon fishing whereas here it's it's quite accessible you know it's it's quite accessible fishing so yeah look it's it's a special place Ireland. i just like people i hope people appreciate it for what we have here you know and I think as well the other great thing about it is the 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 small size of the island, isn't it? Like, you know, wherever you are, you know, you can literally go. Do you know what? If I need to be up in Donegal, go fishing tomorrow. If you're if you're in a spot where you can drop everything and go up, you can be there in a few hours anyway. Exactly, it, exactly. It's all very manageable. And tell me um, this guy. Sorry, I'm just going to break in because it's so small. Do you do you let's say do up a list of places that you haven't fished yet and sort of say, well, we've got to fish that. Or have you have you gotten to fish every place I, you want to? I, mean, I, you. I actually did that in the first two years. I got this book, uh, Rivers of Ireland, uh, by Peter, Peter Riley. Riley. Yeah. Uh, and I was basically checkmarking all the rivers that uh, that they were in the book just to basically have the experience, you know. And I was I kept telling the the lads in the group just it's all about experience. Like if you don't get a fish, if you get a fish, that's great, but it's all about having that experience of fishing a place, as uh, Johnny mentioned there on the Ondaf. We went there, expensive week to to blank, but you know, just getting the experience to know the place, to know to get to know people. So yeah, I definitely had that list, and I, I can say after five years, I did most of it. I still have a, a few a few that I didn't get to fish yet, but uh, I fished most of them. Johnny, any place left for you? Not too much, Tom, to be honest. Yeah, I've been lucky enough. Yami's dragged me around to most of these places, <laughs> kicking and screaming. So. Oh, I'd say so. I'm behind your back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. This season's been a bit of a shit show for me, like in terms of just cancellations and work and blah, blah, blah. I won't get into it. Um, but, and then you're looking at the forums about, you know, the, the, the catches this year and if, 
so my question to you on this is right and i totally agree with you in terms of the quality of the fishing and the accessibility and the affordability do you find yourself question starting to question a bit going yeah how much longer have i is have i gotten this salmon yeah. angling lark here yeah, you know what i mean that, unless you're going to iceland norway and even there i'm sure yeah. it's it's yeah. a struggle as well Look, I, I talk to me a bit about that like a good, a good description of it is um, the Gala, when we were there, guys, the Gala was down 75% this year on catch rates. Um, they had, yeah, 75% down. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot for a river like that. They had um, they had only about 1,000 fish or 1,200 fish landed on the river. When we were there the year before, they had nearly 4,000. You know, they were on like 3,800. So the Gala's down 75%. And all the anglers we met from Sweden, Finland, Finnmark, which is the north, which is, you know, the famous Alta, and um, the same catches have collapsed everywhere. The, in Ireland this year, like Yamil was talking about the Slaney there. Like we, we know a lot of guys. I know one guy, David, he's a brilliant angler. He hammered the place for 37 days straight. And David's probably one of the best anglers that I know for salmon and didn't touch a fish. You know what I mean? And we, we've had the same here. We, we, we were lucky we got off the got off the bus early enough this year, but but the catch rates, guys, the fish just aren't there. You know, we, 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 as we were, we were with Brian on, on Caramore and we were with John and on Delphi as well, Tom. And it's just like, it's the same story everywhere there. The fish just are no longer there, you know? It's, it is very depressing, isn't it? Like, yeah. here, you know, and like, I admire you guys that, you know, like you're still catching, you know what I mean? You're, you're going out, you're chasing the fish, but I just get that sense of you really, you need to have to be able to put in those errors. You have to be flexible like that. 100%. And even then, and even then, yeah. it could still be just pot luck, like you know, hundred percent. Yeah, well, tell us about. Are you kind of despondent about the? Yeah, like I, in my case again, I I wouldn't know much how the salmon fishing was before I, I I came to Ireland, but based on what I've been talking to to people, you know, every year we were actually talking to to Gareth um, a few weeks ago, and he was also mentioning that you know that except by twenty twenty. Every other year, he had seen and he had experienced a decline on, on you know, on the, on the runs. Um, on my short five years, I've seen a decline. So I can only imagine how bad it's going. Uh, if we look at, you know, 10, 20 years before. Um, I hope it's just a, a cyclical um, thing. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's getting better, at least here, just to give a little bit of background information. I recently moved to Spain, to the north of Spain, and the salmon rivers here in the north of Spain, the catch rates are very, very low, and they still open. So that's another 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 chat that we have, but they're not getting fish, and, and it's not because they're not catching them. It's because they're just not here. They're just not here. And they're, they're, they mostly have a, a run of springers. They don't have a run of grills at all. And they're not here. So I think it's happening everywhere. I'm not a scientist. I wouldn't know exactly what is going on. But I can tell that in the short five years in Ireland, I've seen the decline in just so so little years. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's very true. Like, And it's, yeah, you just kind of, I know we've, you know, a couple of months left in the season and how much is it going to pick up? Like, you guys, tell me a bit about your up at the ridge pool. Like, have the numbers been down up there? Like, there was, you know, obviously fish being caught, but it's way down, is it? Yeah, the in the last few, in the last few weeks, um, they're seeing a lot of fish running, but they haven't, they haven't 
we were talking to Paul, actually, Paul Kelly, uh, to Gareth. Uh, we have a, a group chat there that basically uh, we put a few updates, uh, whoever is fishing it or whoever is in the river. And um, yeah, it's it's very quiet. It's been very quiet for the last for the last few few weeks. Which again, I don't want to get into a controversial topic, but I think the moi, it's not again what it used to be um, or what people talk about what it used to be before. But I think it doesn't help uh, the fact that people are just basically killing fish after fish in, in that river. So. One thing is the run that it's declining, and the other thing that we can control, as we say, control the controllables. We're probably not doing the best job when it comes to, you know, help the run. Um, you know, and Johnny, what's your own experience? Of yeah, the same there. Like I was, uh, I was actually chatting to Paul today. He was on the, he was on the the weir pool, and the only fish that was caught today was a fish by one of the seals. So. Yeah, there's. Would you believe, guys? There's actually two seals have taken up residence uh, the last, I've heard last that, week yeah. or so in in where, the ridge. Where is this, Johnny? In on the ridge, Tom. Yeah. Um, they've they've fully taken up residence. Like normally, they they drift in and out with the tide, but they're not even moving now. So there's been anglers. You know, they're paying 125 euro for a half day on a ridge, and they go up there, and there's two seals just high and everything that's around the place. Like you know, they're they're. they're you know, they're, you can see them, the, the, the seals are catching the fish, they're stressing the fish, so you're not going to capture that. And then, yeah, even Galway Weir, guys, again, you know, Galway Weir seems to have been very, very poor this year. Um, there is there is fish in it, but again, just, just very poor catch returns. There was, I know a guy that was fishing there on Monday, and I think there was only one fish caught, which in July, Tom, you know from Carb, like one fish caught in prime time in July is, like there's something gone seriously wrong, guys. Whatever's happened in the last... Um, like last year's grills run, last year's spring run wasn't too bad, but last year's grills run was very poor. And then this year's spring run has been catastrophic. So that's the same, you know, that's your same cohort of fish that left us most together. So yeah, it's it's from a grills perspective. Um, most of the reports around the country guys have been pretty patchy as well this year. It just it just doesn't seem the last again, as Yaman said, it could be a cycle, but just looking at the recent EPA reports on water quality and then you know, you see these super trawlers kind of off the coast and that, and, you know, fish farms like Tom, where you are in Connemara, I stayed in Ballon Hinch uh, a couple of weeks ago, just actually say, oh, no, I wasn't fishing, unfortunately, but we went for a drive around the coast, and I could not believe, like, 100 metres from these little small, you know, the small, small yeah, creeks that the sea trout run, 100 metres from them are cages. Like, I was, like, dumbstruck. I was like, how in God's name can you put a cage directly on the migratory route of an Andromeda's fish, do you know what I mean? And it's, so I think there's a lot, like, and, and as Yamil says, you know, maybe some of those things we can't control, you know, besides corporate interests and that, but definitely once the fish make it into the river, I think there's probably a lot more that we could be doing in this country. Like you use the word catastrophic um, and like, you know, this is the week that the United Nations was coming out and they used words like the breakdown of the climate change. Like it's yep. a breakdown we're witnessing yep. like, and that's, yeah. it scares me like when you're yeah. hearing that stuff. Have you like, seen like the recently guys, you've seen the marine heat waves going on at the moment yeah. in Europe yeah. and I think in the Gulf of Mexico as well around Florida, like the, the water temperature was 35 degrees or something the other day. Like that's, I was reading that like off the Western Atlantic seaboard and the North Sea it was three to five degrees above normal and that's and that's cat like they're saying that's death to marine yeah. life yeah like well for, you know, well for fish that are used to cold water yeah. climates or cold water environments yeah. like you know a three to five degree difference in fishing temperature is or in water temperature exactly like it, it's going to kill everything but listen i suppose we, before we 
everybody drops off a cliff here and just presses stop. I don't want to listen to any more. Um, I'm going off to listen to some Leonard Cohen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or go brown trout fishing or something else. Like um, tell us, I, I'm fascinated by, you know, low water. It's summertime, you know, even the drought, you know, where the, the rivers were so low. You know, Yamil, you are the guru now of... <laughs> Nymph fishing for salmon in Ireland. The men tell us. Marauder. The, yeah, the, the Matador. <laughs> oh, yeah, like us. The lads, the lads in Mayo call him Maradona, so there you ah, go. <laughs> That's funny. Tell us, how do you approach kind of um, when you're looking at kind of rivers that are low and everybody's going, ah, oh, there's nothing doing? What, what do you do? Well, first of all, what I really like about low water that normally the, the, you know, the average salmon angler is not fishing. So basically you have the river for yourself. Um, and what I try to do, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I try to fish for trout. I'll try to do the same things that I'll do to get trout, even though I'm, I'm expecting to hopefully hook a salmon. Uh, and that happened quite a few times uh, while well, trout fishing. That's why every time I go to a go to a river and it's low water, I tend to do the same thing that I will do for for trout fishing. Uh, it could be you know upstream uh, nymphing, um, which, can, which now it's called ear nymphing. Um, it could be even stripping small flies or even stripping um, nymphs the same way you fish them on the lakes. Uh, if it's still in deep water. Um, and then basically try different things because you know the fish are there or the fish might be there, especially in, in you know, deep pools, um, in low water, fish are going to be stuck in a way in deeper pools. So even if you cannot see the fish, um, you can cover the fish. And, and that's what I do with the nymphs. I, I got a few fish a few years ago on the Slaney when the water was very, very low while trout fishing. Again, I wasn't actually looking or trying to get a salmon, but I knew there could be a salmon in the pool. That's why I was, I was tend to put a thicker tip just in case. Um, and then, you know, nymphing, stripping sun rays, a small sun rays, or even fishing bombers, which again, it's, it's a thing that not many people probably do enough, I'll say. And that's why they don't get them on bombers. It's because they don't use them enough, not because they don't work. Um, and it goes back to what we were just saying about, you know, traditional techniques and tradition in, in fishing. Um, I didn't have much experience with bombers before I moved to Ireland. But I, you know, during the lockdown, I had a lot of time to watch videos on, on YouTube, tie flies. And once we, we were able to fish more and travel a bit more, I remember two years ago on the Omar, um, I... I, I spotted a fish, and we were with uh, with Johnny's friend as well, Thomas. We spotted a few fish. I gave a bomber to Thomas, and he had two salmon within 15 to 20 minutes on bombers, which we couldn't believe it. Like, these are things that you dream of, or you pay big money, you know, in Canada maybe to do it. So that shows you that you can still get them on, on different techniques. It's just a matter of be, be willing to do it, you know. But tell me this, Yamo, for those... Who wouldn't know? How do you fish the bomber? So what I'll do, it really depends on how fast the water. First, if you can spot the fish, that's basically 
uh, chances that you you'll have a reaction from the fish just because you know the fish is there. Uh, but if you cannot see the fish, but you expect that the fish might be in that part of the pool, uh, I'll say, depending on the speed of the water, what I like to do is cast kind of like square or even a bit more upstream, let it drift, kind of like a dead drift. And as it, it's starting to basically uh, drag a bit, start to accelerate basically what you do on the lakes or what Brian was teaching me on the lakes for a salmon, basically lifting the rod a bit speeding up the, the bomber. Um, and that's usually what triggers, in my experience, um, to, 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 to have a, a, you know, a fish to take. Or even sometimes if it's still in deep water, just having a dead drift the same way you will do with a dry fly for trout. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's as, as, as effective as skating the bomber or give it a, a bit of movement. But, it, you know, it could at least react. Right. And if they react, they might take. Right. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Try it. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then another thing now, I was wondering, either Yamil or Johnny, um, when you go nymphing for them, what's your setup? Are you using a two-way rod? Or because now that you know you can get them nymphing, have you upped Have you upped the weight of the rod accordingly, or do you still go at it with the two-way? I'll let, Yamil, I'll, let, I'll let Yamil take this one because he's the, the Spanish nymphing master. But I remember he was driving me crazy because he kept on going after salmon like springers with, with three weight rods. And it was just like, <laughs> right. and, you know, like so, once the fish starts running, Tom, you know, on like a three weight, like it's like yeah. these are 15, 16 pound fish. And I'm just like, why did you do that again? You know, I put the wrong tip it on. I'm like, that doesn't make a difference. With a this, this is where my fish. question is coming from, Johnny. So I'll let Yamil tell, yeah, yeah, Yami tell you about the, his new setup, his custom setup, actually, yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you ask me what I enjoy the most, it's fishing with a two-weight or three-weight. But in fairness for the fish, especially because we fish, most of the rivers we fish are catch and release. You want to bring in that fish, especially if it's a springer, uh, as fast as possible. So... The setup that I will use or that I've been using um, so far, it's a seven weight, uh, 10 foot uh, rod uh, with just a floating line or just a big long taper leader, you know, 12, 15 footer and just heavy nymphs. When I say heavy, it could be from four millimeters up to 6.5 millimeter tungsten. It's hard to get them, but you can get them from websites in Poland or Spain and you get that's them. normally you get them. yeah you'll get them <laughs> and uh, and that's how usually what I what I do for minting um, you know a seven weight ten foot if I can choose I'll definitely pick a two weight or three weight but chances are you're not going to land the fish. <laughs> what about the the riffle hitch? The riffle hitch I tried it uh, I tried it a few times uh, but to be honest going back to the bomber I basically fished the bomber in riffly water. The same way you'll fish uh, a riffle hitch. Um, I hadn't like I, I hooked a few fish on the hitch, but the like the catch ratio wasn't wasn't the land ratio wasn't great. Normally, because you're using a single hook, very small, and the take it's very aggressive. So most of the time, you hook the fish and you lose them right away. So as as you know, it's hard enough to hook a fish, so you want to play the fish a bit longer, at least be be able to to land it. So. I don't fish it again. I don't fish it as much as I should, and and just because I get comfortable with other with other techniques. Um, if anybody's listening, like in terms of, is there any kind of people you'd recommend online to kind of look out for in terms of innovative 
methods or you know new stuff that you're seeing um any anybody like that that you think to be honest most of our fishing trips it, it's all about having fun so when nobody's getting a fish especially on the omar or the ridgepole when we go it's like why don't you put this why don't you fish this why don't you yeah, just yeah. put a you know a, a articulated streamer and boom something happens so it's more about having fun for us rather than thinking about or, or trying to see what other people are doing uh, we should we should definitely be doing that but it's it's more kind of a hobby for us the, the fishing do you know what guys i think like in fairness and chatting to is um like for nearly an hour it's enlightening it's brilliant here and just a passion for it you know what i mean yeah you want to catch fish and yeah you go after it and yeah you'll try new things but it is actually about just enjoying yourself as well and, and, and making the most of it um so which leads us to our final question which we ask all our guests um and johnny i'll ask i don't know if you have one each um to start with yourself johnny what your we've, most memorable we've a joint fish yeah. oh, a joint one. okay that's a first that's, that's a yeah first. exactly this is a first we have a so, joint fish yeah uh, this, this is a funny one guys so um leading on from what we were talking about earlier um me and yamil were fishing together on the daughter a bit and uh I think I'd said to Yamil, I was going off down to the Blackwater for a casting lesson. And now, Dara, I mean, I hadn't a clue. Yamil was already a good caster, but I hadn't a clue how to use a double-hander. So I uh, I had an 11-foot Shakespeare switch rod with, I think it was some form of a sea fishing line that I got in, uh, in some <laughs> slice, stuck on it. And uh, we went off down to Glenda's, and Glenda saw the two of us, Egypt's coming down, and she was like, right, good. <laughs> You know, I think she had a couple of American guests that day and she was kind of like, right, go down there to that side of the fishery because we, we tried, to, the first thing we did was we tried to wade through the river, like basically where the fish were meant to be. And we were out in the middle of the river, hand in hand, like uh, we only, but, but anyways, right, we were down in the island stream and uh, we were kind of messing around more than anything else. I hadn't a clue what we were at. Yamil, to be fair, hadn't a clue what we were at either. <laughs> and uh, Yamil asked me to, to have a go on my rod. So I was like, right, look, go on, off you go. And uh, the typical thing, exactly, Tom, the typical thing that happens, never give your fishing partner your rod. So uh, we were there anyway. And uh, I'll never forget, Yamil was casting across and down and across and down. And the fly had come to the end of the drift, right in by the bank. And Yamil had the rod in underneath his arm. And we were chatting. I had my arms folded like this. Yamil had the rod in underneath. And next thing, all hell broke loose. Uh, basically the rod went uh, I went in after the rod fully fell into the river uh, phone gone flies gone everything in such a panic uh, Yamil managed to grab the rod and uh, and yeah lo and behold we, we landed a 14 pound sea lice springer on, uh, on the island stream and yeah to this day we still laugh about it but you should have seen the look on Glenda's face when we went back up to her and went look what we got you know like excited school children she literally she couldn't believe it you're like these two Egypt's are after go down here now they to hope but we don't know what they're at but uh, yeah for me that was uh, despite the stalking I got I remember I had to drive into Promoy and buy a phone afterwards I got such a attention but yeah that was definitely the most memorable one uh, and then I remember we thought, sure, this is easy. We may as well become professional oh, yeah. salmon anglers now. And I don't think I touched the fish for two years. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that was my most memorable one anyway. 
Oh, that's a brilliant one. That absolutely brilliant. A joint, a joint, a joint effort. effort. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, before we let you go, so you're in Spain now. Is that your your move over there now? Yeah, I, I moved uh, with like I said, my wife is Spanish, so I got a job here in Spain. So we, I moved recently. I'll be I'll be leaving here, but I'm only an hour and a half flight away from New Orleans, so I'll be I'll be coming. Back whenever there is a bit of rain, I'll just fly back to Dublin, have a friend pick me up in the in at the airport and fish at least for a day or two and back to Spain. Yeah, well, I wonder how long that'll last. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before I have kids, I'll be able to do it. I'll say. <laughs> well, because uh, in fairness, my question was going to be like, you know, are you going to be able to get back to Ireland? So, like, fair play, you're uh, you're still going to make the effort. Like, oh yeah, like one. to be honest, like like I mentioned before, I. I have a great group. Uh, we created a, a nice group, uh, very, very diverse. Uh, we have people from Poland, people from Ireland um, in the group, and they're all about, you know, having fun, enjoying, making some trips. So I'm definitely going to be back for, for fishing or, or blanking, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, what's the plan for the, the remainder of the season? Um, we see there's a, there's a bit of water down here at the moment now, Dara, so I might have to uh, take a sneaky little trip Uh maybe tomorrow somewhere so yeah we see i think there was a reports of quite a few fresh fish seen uh coming up um coming up uh the river so yeah um do that and then look as we said just take it as it comes if if, if we if, if anywhere gets a bit of a run over the next month or so july still tends to be pretty good august everywhere for some reason on salmon salmon fishing just dies out a bit and then look see what september brings going maybe chase i always try and finish the season up around the old or something in september so We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Well, very best to look with it. And then, sure, it doesn't be long coming around then once January kicks in and the dress and everything. Oh, so. look, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Going around and around. Around and around. Exactly. And then you have the gala to look forward to as exactly, well. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> Well, listen, Johnny and Yamil, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I'd love to catch up with you again. It's just definitely there. Any time, guys, genuinely on Tom as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it was a bucket list there. I've been listening to over the last few months. We need to start picking those off. <laughs> <laughs> the gal is another one now I'm adding yeah, to that now, so. and that's definitely <laughs> more than welcome more than welcome with an open invite next year brilliant well Yamil and Johnny thanks again for your time thank you very much Dara and Tom our thanks to Johnny Casey and Yamil Turkoman for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Plus, you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram. And myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.